The following show is for informational purposes only. Individual situations may vary and the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Welcome to Discovering Response Wealth. This is your host, Frank Congelos. Pleasure to be with you this week. You know, through this month, we've talked a little bit about what I refer to as simplifying your life. And the topic of the month is really what will be your legacy, which is, you know, really how to, you know, plan a legacy, a life that you'd be proud of, a life that would be representative of what God would want in your life. So with that in mind, I invited our guest, David Suki, Vice President over at CNA Financial Group, one of my partners. And he also, for those of you who are regular listeners, you know that he's like my co-host. He's <laughs> here quite often. So, Dave, welcome to the show. Great to see you again. Frank, thanks. Always a pleasure to be here. So, you know, this whole topic of legacy is interesting. And when I talk, say that, it's, you know, a lot of people will think they'll think of, you know, well, I'm just an average everyday American. They'll think of like a president and they'll go, oh, well, what's that president's legacy or some, you know, person or whatever the case might be. Or, you know, like, uh, unfortunately, Robin Williams had passed this week and I just saw in today's paper, you know, they did a breakdown of, you know, a little bit about his life and his legacy and so forth. And so when we think of legacy, we often think of famous people. But the reality is, is we all leave a legacy to some extent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with that in mind, I know, Dave, you talk about that with clients and so forth. So. You know, perhaps you have some well, insights and so forth before we get I, into I, a little bit of the financial side of it today. I'm going to share what, uh, uh, the story of what you taught me one day when you said, Dave, it's, it goes like this. It's, a, it's about me, then it's about us, and it's mm -hmm. about them, and then it gets back to maybe being about us, and then it ends with them again. And if you know, listeners understand what I mean, is we start in life a lot of times about what we're doing and what's going on in our lives, and then we get fall in love and we get married maybe or have a partner in life and then it's about you know us and then you have kids right and I'm experiencing that now with young kids you're experiencing with older kids and you're getting ready to have maybe grandkids in your in your future here and maybe someday maybe god someday will. god willing but it becomes about them right everything we're doing is Absolutely. for the kids and then the kids grow up and eventually they go on their own hopefully right and then it becomes about the couple again us right um or in a lot of cases in life, unfortunately, maybe it's about the individual again. They they just say, "Hey, um, I want to get out," you know, "I want to get out of this relationship," and they move on. Um, and then it ends with you see people at the at the end of the road, ones that you know. I know, like my my grandparents, my wife's grandparents, their last years were all about the family. Exactly. What can they do with the family? What can they? Can we see the kids? Can we see you guys? You know, can we do this and do that? So they're you know they're they're really focused on that legacy that, that leaving that mark see and the interesting thing with that you know when you think about it is is that you know we don't think in terms of time you know we think oh well it's something i could do tomorrow we don't look at the fact that every day is a gift yes and so we should be living every day and taking that gift that we're given and making every day part of what that legacy should be you know and, and what happens is as i always say is your legacy is what your life has been up till this point. It's not what you're going to do in the future because you don't know if you're going to get that time. Right. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, be that person today. Don't be that person, you know, tomorrow and say, well, I'm going to get better. Right. Not, no, be that person today. You don't know if you get tomorrow. So, you know, when it looks at legacy, that's really what we're looking at. You know, so the last couple of shows that we did, we were talking about simplifying your life. And the idea being is if your life was a little bit more simple, you can really be a little bit more grounded, a little bit more focused, and really impact, you know, and have a life of meaning and purpose, um, not just a busy life. 
And so we talked about that. And I thought today's show, and Dave, since you and I both spend you know, our lives in the financial side, if we talk a little bit more today about the financial end of legacy. You know, when I talk about the financial end of legacy, you know, what's interesting is um, scripturally it was never designed that, you know, people would end up, you know, later in life broke, dependent upon children or whatever. You know, it was designed, if you really read scripture and so forth, is that, you know, you would leave an inheritance to your children, okay, and and so forth. Mm -hmm. And the other side of that is it talks about being good stewards of your time, talent, and treasure, which means that if we live within our means, not above our means, then we should amass some assets throughout our lifetime. You know, we talked a little bit um, a couple of shows ago. We were talking about being house broke sometimes, you know, which is, you know, you go look for a house and a realtor shows you a house that you can barely get into. And then when something goes wrong, you're in trouble. Or if you want to furnish it, you're in debt. And what we're trying to do is, you know, then we're keeping up with the Joneses. What we didn't realize is the Joneses were broke. And, you know, they wanted us to be broke with them. So when we talk about the financial side of legacy, it's an interesting balance. You know, and Dave, I know that you talk to clients a lot about that balance, which is lifestyle and finance. And maybe just take a few minutes and share with, you know, our listeners, you know, what that's about. Yeah, well, Frank, it's a question that everybody at some point in their life, you know, asks, which is if if I'm going to exit the workforce and I'm going to do it on my terms, I have to have some sort of financial assets to support my my lifestyle, right? My my family's lifestyle, uh, you know, my life, right? Um, so we get that question all the time, and and you know, it's interesting. As a as a uh, consumer, we get marketed to by companies all the time, right? Well, they're talking about retirement, and whether it's ING doing the number, right? What's your yeah. number? If it's Prudential doing, how long is your money going to last in retirement, right? Yep. These are all legitimate questions, and the conflict that people have is. How do I structure a, a balance sheet or my finances to to work so that I can enjoy my money or the money I've accumulated, and then still protect it or pass it on to my family, because that you know I like you know I like them to reap the benefits of my hard work for for my lifetime. So um, we're constantly in that conversation, right? And really, the the aha right came for you and for what you've taught me is. It's not so much about how much you've accumulated as it is about what the cash flow or the income that's generated off of that pile of money or those assets. Exactly. And, you know, when we talk about that concept of cash flow, you know, the interesting thing you know, I just mentioned before is is that, you know, you don't know how much time you have. So that could be good or bad, okay, when you think in terms of that. And we have a friend of ours down in Florida. His name is uh, John Curry. So I, I give a yeah. shout-out to John. And what he would do is he would carry around a um, a ruler, you know, it was tape a, measure. a tape measure, yeah. and the tape measure was a ten foot measure, which would be 120 inches. And what he would do with that tape measure is he would take it out and he would say, "Okay, Dave, so how old are you today?" And he would go, "Okay, let's say Dave is 40." So he'd go to 40 and he goes, "Dave, how long are you going to work?" And Dave would say, "Well, I'm going to work until I'm 65." So he would take that time frame from 40 to 65 and say, "Well, the, Dave, it looks like this much time you have, 25 years." And then he would just say this, now how long do you think you might live beyond that? And so what he's really trying to drive in his point is is that you may spend more time in retirement that you have left working in your career. Yes. So as an example, if you retire at 65 and you're blessed with a good life or whatever and you're here till you're 95, you could have spent 30 years in retirement and only had 20 years more to save for it. Yes. 
So it, it becomes somewhat of a balancing act because we don't know. And so what occurs is we get what I refer to and what Dave and I always talk about is what's called a hoarding mentality, <laughs> which is the greatest fear of someone in retirement is running out of money. And see it all the time, Frank. And yeah. they worry about it. So when your greatest fear is running out of money, what you tend to do is you actually change who you are. Yes. You know, you start what I call rationalizing the ridiculous. You know, and Dave, you've heard the statements over the years. You know, when you think about it. All, all, Frank, all of them. Yes. You know, and the statements sound like this. Nobody gave me anything. Yeah. Um, you know, I want, I want to go out spending my last check. Um, I hope my check uh, to the funeral home bounces. <laughs> right. So you hear all those types of things, which is, you know, I'm I spending my kid's inheritance, you know, the bumper yeah, sticker. A little bumper sticker. Yeah. And so with that in mind, you know, it's like you look and you go, it's like, well, how do you avoid that? And so let's spend, you know, some of our time just talking about that, which is how do you create that legacy? Now, you know, it's interesting that most people are not fans of life insurance. You know, and when they say that, because they're kind of making a bet with an insurance company, and they're betting that they're, they're going to die, yeah. and the insurance company is saying, "I don't think you're going anywhere soon, but yep. I'll, I'll take the bet." So when they're making that bet as to you know what's going to occur, you know, they're betting against themselves. So people looking to go, "Oh, that's such a waste of money." But you know, it's interesting, and Dave, perhaps you can you know share the idea, which is if you knew that you had a lottery ticket that was going to hit the day that you're not here would just spend your adheres, you know, or the days that you're here and your money differently. Yeah, well, I think, I, Frank, I think you hit the nail on the head with fear. You know, fear creates emotion in us that causes us to act differently, right? And, and typically we're not acting the, be the highest version of ourselves when we're in fear. We're typically acting on a lower version of ourselves. And, you know, this concept financially from an from a insurance standpoint is really, really this simple. It's like, if you knew you could buy your legacy at a discount, purchase it early in your life while you're working. Again, your financial legacy. Your financial legacy. Yes. No, that's correct. Not, you know, protect your, your legacy, your financial assets through, in this case, we're talking sometimes about life insurance to do that. That death benefit's going to be payable one day. Okay? That's a certainty. All right? unless, you know, unless I don't know something somebody else knows. That's a fair certainty, right? So that allows you to unlock the cash flow off of your other assets at a much higher rate or a much more aggressive rate, which may help you live the life that you envision living in retirement. If you, know, if you arrive there with, like we, we talked, Frank, you know, for every million dollars one of us saves in, in investable assets, it's going to provide a 4 or 5% income stream per year. Correct. So that's forty to 50000 per million. If you look at it that way, you know. So the the number was a million. It's going to give you fifty thousand a year. So if you save two million, it's a hundred thousand. Okay, that may or may not be enough. Right. Good point. So what what we discuss is if you're if you if you think think about it just from a, a, a logical standpoint, if I knew I could back that up with some sort of sum of money, and then unlock, give myself the permission to spend that po that pool of money. Okay. I would enjoy much more cash flow without jeopardizing what I planned on doing with my assets for my family. So, you know, it's interesting. I had a client come to me this week, new client, uh, actually met him through the radio show. And one of his questions to me was, is um, there's another popular uh, financial person on some of the other stations, okay? <laughs> and, you know, he goes out and he speaks a lot and so forth, and, you know, he 
he yells and he screams and he tells people about paying off debt and a lot, a lot of that is good and one of the things that I've heard him talk about is about life insurance and when he talks about life insurance his view of life insurance is is that it's terrible it's only good for the person that sold it to you and so I was asked what do I think of this person I said well I don't I said I didn't think that he had a very Christian based view of life and when I said that I said you know his view is you know hey you don't have to leave anybody anything you know that money should be for you let them go get a job whatever the case and so what happens is there's a justification of doing things Mm -hmm. but here's the reality you know your church the charities that you've helped throughout your lifetime the day you're not here if you don't plan for that that all stops yep so it's one of those of do you really care or do you don't care because if you really care then you're going to want to continue to help them okay it's something that's meaningful and purposeful to you it's the same thing which is how do you know what your children or your children's children's needs may be down the road for me to take a selfish view of life and say hey that's not my problem would be kind of a twist i'd rather have the position of abundance which is to say you know what i've been responsible enough that i have insurance in place that if something happens to me and i have a grandchild or i have one of my kids that has needs i can help them yep and so i think that you know insurance and when you're doing it properly you're acting out of love versus when you say well they can go get a job um teach them to be responsible it's like i think that that's acting out of fear yes yes and you know we all like to i think it, it, just human nature leave something better than than when we we arrived there right yes. we want to make an impact so the thing is how do i do it so that i still feel fulfilled in my life i still have the ability to to you know not be embarrassed like you like you said frank not live in fear right and that's through good stewardship but it's also through education through knowledge through wisdom wisdom you've accumulated through the years that's why you're sharing this story you've shared it with me this isn't stuff that we just came up with one day it's actually been available you know in the world a long time it's been going on for many years it's just most people don't have the uh, the ability sometimes to just sit down and learn it okay because they're bombarded and i don't blame them by you know the masses are bombarded with you know just constant marketing and not teaching we call it salesmanship that's it you know, it was interesting. I have uh, recently, I might have talked about this um, case recently, which was um 80-year-old woman. Um, her son came to me. She had early signs of dementia, just went into a nursing home. And she had uh, some limited assets. And with her assets and so forth, you know, her son was asking, Frank, the cost of the nursing home or assisted living that she's in, she's not in a nursing home yet, was like $5,000 a month. So the goal was they needed like 60000 a year. And so when I kind of walked them through the financial model and showed them and I said, well, here's, you know, if you're trying to preserve principal, how much income it generates. Mm -hmm. Here's if you utilize principal and interest, how much. And then there are some products on the market, and I'm not here to talk about any products because everybody's situation is different, but there was a particular product that would provide guaranteed income for life. However, the money stopped the day that she's not here. So if she only lived one year, every dollar she put into the product would disappear. Now, they're not doing that because they really can't because it wouldn't be financially responsible of them. But had they had backed that up with insurance years ago and saw it differently, they could have. So what happens is instead of having the 5000 a month, yeah. you know, they're going to you know, be trying to you know, figure out how do they win that balancing act of time and money. Yes. 
which is what we never know. Yes, right. So, right. And it's a form of, you know, we all like to be protected in our lives. It's not like we like to go unprotected, right? We feel secure that way. So it doesn't change in retirement. It always interests me why all of a sudden in retirement it was like, oh, you know. No, in fact, we see retirees, they're more nervous than when they were my age, right? They're just, they, every movement of their money concerns them. Because they can't go get more. You got it. So plan for that. Understand what that world looks like and you know, seek the education you need to understand the, the, the choices you have. Very good. Thank, Dave, thank you for sharing on that. So for all of our listeners, you've been listening to Discovering Responsible Wealth. Our guest today, David Suki over at CNA Financial Group, one of our partners. This is your host, Frank Congelos, and we've been talking about what will be your legacy month. Uh, today's show, again, we were addressing a little bit on the financial side, and we're going to pick it up on the financial side next week. So for all of our listeners, we wish you a truly blessed week, and we look forward to speaking to you. Advisors of the Institute of Responsible Wealth may be licensed for investment and insurance products. The Institute of Responsible Wealth is an educational division of CNA Financial Group. CNA Financial Group and its advisors are an agency or an agent of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities LLC member FINRA, SIPC, Park Avenue Securities is an wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. The Institute of Responsible Wealth and CNA Financial Group are not affiliates or subsidiaries of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Guardian its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. 2023-151636